God, is this entire episode going to turn into a vent fest? Yeah. Well, we're learning that know. we don't like Hanoi, apparently. That's what, uh, that's what we're learning <laughs> That's today. not true. It's just hard. <laughs> it this is hard. Is where, it's exhausting. This is exactly this is where, we're at. where you this get is... to after five months, yeah. I think, of traveling straight. It's hard, man. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Beanstalk Podcast, where we talk about everything travel. Sharing first-hand travel advice and getting to the bottom of real-life experiences in the hopes to inspire you to get out there yourself. Hello, everybody. We are back. And we're in the middle of a park in Hanoi. It's the Botanical Gardens Park. It's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, set it on the front. How much did it cost to get in? It cost us 2,000 Vietnamese dong, which is the equivalent of maybe 10 cents, right? Not even. Not even 10 cents? Yeah. So, very cheap to get in here. And it's nice. It's nice to escape the city, the crowdedness, the smog, the... Even though the smog is still kind of in here. Um, you can't escape the smog. No. Smog. Um, but it is nice to get away from, like, the vehicles and the constant beeping and the motor traffic and all that stuff. So well, Kind of. What do you mean? You can still hear it and see it. But yeah, it's, but it's, like, away from it. It's faint. Yeah. It's not right in your face. You're not having to dodge motorbikes left and right. So that's pretty nice. Ew, something fell in your beard. Looked like a little piece of tree shit. Oh, okay. I thought it was a bug. I thought it was too at first. The last place that we were was Hoi An. And it was Christmas time. It sure was. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that we were both kind of battling a little bit of holiday blues. Being away from friends and family. Just a tad. Just a teens. Especially uh, kind of being reined in slightly. Yeah. Oh, is that not too... Much? Ew! <laughs> Another one. I'm getting bombed with You're getting tree, bombed with little tree, tree turds. That's weird. They're like little seedlings or something. Oh, it's a bird up there. Is it? What kind of bird? I don't know, but it's directly above me. Oh. Well, we'll keep it interesting. Yeah, we were getting rained on a little bit. And there were mosquitoes, and our room was a bit musky, so it was a little bit difficult. It just definitely, it wasn't the norm of what we were used to around the holidays, which back home is like cold, winter, snow, holiday stuff. So, it was a little, a little hard. And then getting back up to Hanoi, we flew by plane. Really short, short flight. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know how many times that's going to happen. These these are weird, though. Like, really interesting looking. If you look at them, it's like a little um, coagulation of dust in what looks like a little... Uh, I'm afraid I'm going to get shit on. What is that? Do you think? I can't believe it's, like, directly above me. Where is the bird? I can't see it even. Do you need branches? Yeah. Straight up. What's it look like? It's not moving right now. Maybe it'll move. We'll see. 
Well, being shit on by a bird is good luck, right? Not if you're asking for it. <laughs> you're like, please, shit on me. Anywho, we flew back up to Hanoi because I had another dentist's appointment. Are you going to stand over there? I'm good. Okay. Oh, and there are ants all over that seat of oh. yours. Are there some behind me? There oh, are yes, a there lot of are. Holy shit. Holy crap. Well, we might have to move. Okay, um, we're going to stop this. No, it seemed to be good at first, but we'll probably have to stop this now and find another place to sit. We're getting crawled all over and shat on. Round two. Fight. Ready? Yeah. Good to go. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, being in Hoi An. Oh, yeah. Christmas. And then getting to back to Hanoi. Yes. Uh, where I did have my fifth dentist visit to try to complete my root canal, which was getting just a tad bit on the annoying side, because... They wouldn't numb me, and so they would just kind of reopen the cavity that they had created in my tooth and go in there and kind of dig out some more roots. nerves. Or dig out more of my root, yeah. Which did not feel good. It was kind of twingy, and I would wince, and then they'd be like, oh, okay, and close it back up and be like, come back later. So, um... Yeah, that was the fifth time that I had had that done. And I also asked them to fill a cavity for me, of which I wasn't entirely sure which tooth it was because it was only affected when I would drink, um, like, cold liquids. And then also when I would accidentally touch it. Um, and so they filled, yeah, a different tooth. So I still have the cavity which I need filled, but at least it's pretty inexpensive, and if I want to go somewhere to get it done, it's going to cost me, like, 12 U.S., so not too bad. Um, but, yeah. So what did they tell you? What was the verdict after visit number five? They said, come back in five days, and we will finish the root canal. Which was what we wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. That there would actually be an end date. Yeah. We totally wanted it to be over with, even though when they sealed it back up, and then after the five days when we went back, I could still feel um, that tooth. So there was still feeling in it, which I was kind of worried about. And I had asked them <laughs> to give me numbing agents or in, an injection of Novocaine. And I think it's Novocaine. I don't know what they call it here, but... Uh, just to numb the crap out of my tooth before they actually uh, performed the root canal. Uh, which they did, which was nice. And so now I'm on antibiotics, and I think I take those for about five days. And then, yeah. That should be it. I think that's it. I think that's all she wrote for the dentist, hopefully, crossing our fingers. But we're just sticking around until... Uh, until we know it's all done. But what else have we been doing or discussing or figuring out for ourselves? Uh, bouncing around the idea of heading back, actually. Yeah. A lot earlier than had a 
originally planned. Is there any reason in particular that we were wanting to come back earlier? Well, we kind of came up with this idea of getting together a food truck or wagon or cart. Yeah, so we've got a pretty good idea of bringing a certain type of food that is not very common where we're from, uh, back home, and selling it out of a cart or truck or wagon. We still haven't decided yet. We're working on ideas. We're working out the details. The deets. Is there anything that you can, I guess, explain or share which would be your reason for wanting to do something like that? Or what has kind of like led you to feel like that's the route you want to go? I think just the potential... I don't know, there's many reasons... Yeah. I guess one would be the potential for having a food cart in Boise mm-hmm. would be a really good area to have it, whereas some cities or towns, I can see it not being very prosperous. How so? Uh, just if it's too small or if it doesn't have a good location mm. or enough traffic, but Boise would be a really good area to do one, and there's... A number of other people that, you know, there's kind of a small food truck community. Yeah. As well as we have a number of friends that also do that currently. Yeah. That have one right now. And they're doing really well. Yeah. Or like say you went to a bigger city and they just have way too many of them. And it's just like another thing, you know. Yeah. Probably be like opening up. It's hard to up. stand out. Yeah. It would be like opening up a cafe here in Hanoi. <laughs> Yeah. There are There's quite a few. Millions to choose from. Yeah. But yeah, so we kind of discussed it. We really enjoy traveling. However, I think we've gotten to the point where we feel like we are a little bit burnt out. Burnt out and tired and like we don't necessarily see ourselves wanting to. I don't know. It's hard to, like, want to get out and do shit when you are so tired. I think that after so long of, like, say, changing time zones or being on buses or being on trains or planes or, like, constantly in transit and switching a bed every few nights and not getting a good night's sleep and... You know, that's very just common. being very uncomfortable quite a lot of the time really wears on you. Just the budget backpacker lifestyle is exhausting, period. It really is, yeah. You still have ants on you. That was just a little leaf thing. Yeah, so I think we're coming to that point where we would we're like just to... ready to go back, really. Yeah, head back but home. We wanted to go back with a plan. We did. While our original trip in 2015, mm-hmm. we wanted to just cover as much ground as possible for as long as we could. Yep. Which we did really well. And this one, we want, We had a couple plans of things that we wanted to accomplish on this yeah. trip, which we did. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it was to get inspiration or some sort of motivation or idea of what to do for our future. Yeah, what do we want to do with our lives, We just didn't really. have a clue. And yeah. uh, you can find a lot of inspiration and uh, kind of soul-searching ideas while you're traveling abroad. And we were hoping to do that, and 
we came up with this food truck idea and just kept bouncing back different elements and factors and you know options for it and just getting more and more excited and it all just it all just clicked yeah over and over with every little idea and it just sounded better and better and we were getting more and more excited yeah it's something we're really comfortable with yeah we're we both know food really well um this would also be a business that would be for us it wouldn't be just going and getting another job and working our ass off for someone else or for Mm -hmm. some other company and it would also give us the opportunity to be mobile yep so we could you know we're not stationary we're not stuck to you know a building Uh, we'd be on wheels so we could go to you know festivals or different towns or if we just need a break from like idaho boise you know one side of town to the other yeah true just Just moving yeah it's kind of like what we're doing now but it's like that's your job and when you do feel kind of stuck you can just pick up and go yeah so it's pretty nice i think yeah just all the factors kind of yeah like what you said just kind of fit into a puzzle that kind of seemed like it it works you know for us and we had kind of had the food trick idea years ago but we just didn't know what we wanted to do with it yeah or uh if that was really the one that we wanted to stick with we had a bunch of other ideas yeah that were completely different from mm-hmm. you know food or something this like that. being one of them the podcast yeah our website uh online presence Getting maybe an albergue opening yeah on the camino there were there were a lot of ideas that we were kind of you know throwing back and forth and too many ideas yeah a little bit but none of them really seemed 100 percent right you know yeah i think and uh, even though we really do enjoy doing this podcast, and that's something I don't think that we're going to be giving up, we're going to keep going with it because we have way too many stories to keep telling. But I don't see necessarily, unless like we all of a sudden gain like five million followers and we can actually start making money off of this, I don't see you know this as being our 100% you know sole earnings or what we're going to do with our lives. But that'd be nice. Though. It would be nice. <laughs> so, but I'd yeah, we'll put that out there. But we're just trying to decide what we want to do with our time while we're over here, and then where we want to go right before we head back. Because since we're out and about at the moment, we want to utilize that we are out and about while at the mm-hmm. same time not spending too much money. Yeah. Because once we do go back and get things rolling then we're going to be tied down for a while. Yeah. I think we'll be pretty stationary for a while, which isn't a bad thing. Not at all. But while we're out now and a bit liberated from practically everything. Yeah. No strings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we would like to do a couple things before we head back. For sure. While we're still also keeping in mind that, yeah, we're still pretty fucking exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, trying not to spend everything that we have left. Yeah, totally. So we need to come back with some money at least. Oh yeah, so that's kind of the new news that we've got. New news. New news. But I would say with uh, what we've been doing recently, our little uh, categories that we had mentioned on our last podcast as far as some stuff to talk about, one of our categories was... Okay, what would be your... Should I actually time you? 30 seconds? What? Your vent. 
your vent sesh. My vent sesh? Yeah, this is something that I think everybody needs, is to do a good vent for 30 seconds. All right, all the stupid kids in hostels that are ignorant and non-respectful for everyone else that is sleeping or trying to stay there and don't don't know how to travel in a hostel or just be in a hostel with them making a mess because they're young and dumb and can't even pick up after themselves. Ugh, fucking can't stand it. And then there's the people at the... Not the store. It's like restaurants. When you go up and you look at their menu that's out front. And they just come within inches and fucking just stand there and hover looking at you. Dirty. <laughs> good job. Did it feel good? A little bit. Yeah? It was a bit, uh... What? I felt pressure to get it all out. Oh, okay. Was Ready? 30 seconds not enough? Go. Oh. Uh, my vent sesh <laughs> is about the dentists and when there's language barriers and you try to ask them to complete something on your tooth and they're telling you, uh, yeah, okay, come back another time. And then you come back five or six more times and they fill the wrong tooth and they're not, you know, as nice to you when you're leaving. They're like, pretty much, get out. And, uh... Yeah. Oh, also uh, people in hostels who spray really, really, really stinky perfume or cologne. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. That's like, I do feel really pressured to get out. 30 seconds is not very long. No. But it did feel kind of good. Though. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Shut up. We're moving on. Ew, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that reminds me of what we kind of came up with. So... We notice that while you're traveling, and you know there are things that bug you and irritate you, just like no we just expressed. Thinking. No, I'm I'm explaining something. Don't. Ew. <laughs> um, so when these things arise, you know, for Carl and I, we have each other to, you know, vent to. However, sometimes it's not the most fun to just hear venting constantly, and so really. We <laughs> Yeah, really. And so we both decided on a little, like, key... What was it? A phrase? Like, a key phrase to use when we oh. feel like the other person's venting a little too much. And it gets to the point of, like, bitching and, like, negativity. And you're like, oh, my God, I really can't hear any more of this. But you don't want to be like, hey, shut up, you know. So we came up with a little thing that we say to each other now... To help it so we can each realize when we're both maybe going a little bit over our limit of bitching. Which is, do you remember it? Do you? OC or something? Oh, yeah. You're being a little OC. You're being a little OC, which is? An acronym for over-complaining. Yeah, that's good. Without saying, hey, you're being a whiny little bitch. You need to shut up. Yeah. Because that's not going to help anyone. No, that's just going to piss that's us off That's just more. shutting the other one down. Exactly. And uh, basically saying, shut up, you're being a whiny little bitch. Yeah. So this way we can just be like, hey, it's a, it's getting to the point of OC right now. And you'd be like, oh, okay, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> At least it sounds like a good idea. We'll see how it goes. I know. We haven't really actually tried it yet. But... I'm sure we'll, we'll get there. Give it time. <laughs> um, okay, so what was your, what the fuck was that experience 
Funnily enough, it's something very similar to what happened in Hoi An, which was this big dresser thing oh, yeah. on a motorbike. Mm-hmm. Um, except it was a bit different. Whereas the ones we saw in Hoi An were huge. They looked like just cheap wood. Mm-hmm. Like that light, almost, um, shit, what's it called? Particle like board. Like particle board, yeah. yeah. As well as there's so much more room in Hoi An. Mm-hmm. Where here the streets are so goddamn congested. Yeah. And I saw a motorbike, and this would look like it was fucking oak or something heavy, just solid wood. Mm-hmm. As well as the dresser was even bigger than the ones we saw in Hoi An. Mm. And there's just so little room in the old quarter of the streets for a bike with a huge, wide, piano-sized dresser on the back. Yeah. And it had two guys that had strapped it onto the bike that were holding each end. And then they both just, like, let go and looked at each other and just, like, palms to the sky, like, I don't know. Hopefully it makes it. We'll see. And it was a little wobbly and it... I don't know. It looked sketchy as fuck. And I heard a couple like, oh, my God, uh, from other people in the street <laughs> watching this guy trying to not clip anyone or take anyone out or hit anything. I feel like Pretty there, gnarly. Yeah, I feel like there are so many moments of that, just, like, people strapping shit on the back of their motorbikes where you're like, what the fuck, you know? You see really big loads a lot that are with light supplies, like mm-hmm. toilet paper... Or bubble wrap, yeah. and it is just ungodly big, but it's light. It's huge, yeah. But there are. But some. this was like a big, heavy, solid thing. Yeah, there are some though where it's like you can tell that they're heavy boxes too, and they yeah. stack the shit out of those things. And I don't know how they do it. Yeah. They seem like beer cases or something, you know, where it's just yeah. like holy crap, carrying a lot. Yeah, you see some crazy transportation shit though, for sure. For sure. What was your what the fuck? I guess I'm having a what the fuck right now, but those people in the corner that are like going, well, well, I guess they're dancing, maybe? I don't know. Um, Is it like an aerobic It does kind of look like an aerobic routine. There's a lot of people walking around. Yeah, it's cool. Kind of like doing loops. I like that. Um, Let me see. A what the fuck for me was probably, it was probably the cutest what the fuck I've had. Oh, on this trip. Detail. But there were these two little dogs. Maybe three. No, there were three little dogs um, that these two guys had at the lake yesterday when I sat down on a bench and I was just kind of soaking up some sun. But they were, uh, I think they were Pomeranians, all of them, but they weren't like fluffed out. They were kind of trimmed down and then their faces just looked like, they looked like little bears. And all of them had little shirts on. Because that's something about here in Hanoi. Uh, all dogs, or not all of them, but a lot of them have shirts most and jackets. Yeah. They're all dressed, which is so cool and cute. Um, but these three little dogs were just, like, rolling around in the grass and playing with each other. And they all had little cute shirts on. One was, like, a little yellow SpongeBob shirt. And, yeah, I just, like, noticed people gathering, and I turned around, and there were, like, these adorable little dogs playing, all dressed up. It was pretty cute. 
but it was like a what the fuck oh my god <laughs> okay so what's been something that has made you uncomfortable lately what has made you push the limits of your box of comfort honestly not much since the last time I know I think because we've been in one place that we're definitely familiar with because we've been here so long, uh, not much has kind of come out of the blue or surprised us. I just, okay, I'm going to just stop you there, though, because it's funny. I think while you're traveling, you really get comfortable with the uncomfortable because I would say that you just barely, not even 20 minutes ago, had an uncomfortable experience the toilet thing? Yeah. I mean, just, you know. It wasn't uncomfortable. It was disgusting. But yeah, I wasn't right? like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Well, you didn't walk in there and go, oh yes, a lap of luxury. Let me just sit right down. But no, you expect that. Why? Because you're in Asia. No, I think. Southeast Asia. I think you're, you're just, like, huh? I think you're just comfortable with the uncomfortable. Anybody else, I I would say anybody else just traveling from the States who are familiar and accustomed to Western-style bathrooms probably would feel uncomfortable walking into that scenario, don't you think? Having not been in Southeast Asia. Maybe. I feel like this should be explained, but it's gross. I don't know. Maybe not. Say it. Sure. I mean, this is part of travel. I had to pee really bad, (laughs) and we got to this park, and it's like, let's find a place to record, and I was like, I need to pee first. Yeah. So I found this bathroom tucked away in the corner, and there were two stalls. I looked in the one, and on either side of the toilet was just piled high with like cardboard that looked disgusting and then the toilet itself had the seat half ripped off but half connected Mm -hmm. so like the two bolts connecting it to the seat one was off and it was all cockeyed and broken Mm -hmm. and the bowl itself was completely covered in dried shit (laughs) so it was just a mess like someone just died in there and then no one else wanted to clean it Like someone else walked in was, fuck that, I'm not cleaning that, and just left it, and that's the way it's been for about 20 years. See, so that just gave me chills. I would feel like that would probably make some people uncomfortable back home, don't you think? And we're just kind of used to it. We're like, oh, yeah, another shitty toilet, okay. Yeah, it was a god-awful mess, and it was clearly like (laughs) it had been there a while. So I just used the other one, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, I don't know. It's you see a lot of disgusting shit that kind of numbs you to it. Yeah. I think after seeing, you know, gross scene after gross scene after gross scene, it's just kind of like the norm, and it's less shocking, and you're more accustomed to oh, another gross thing. What a sh-, you know, no surprise. That's what so. I was saying. Yeah, you're just kind of more used to it. Your comfort zone widens. Or you just adapt to where you're at, you know? Yeah. At least as far as what's typical for Southeast Asia. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. For me, my comfort zone, I'm a little... It's so funny, too. But it's like I go in and out of times of being very sociable and really wanting to, you know, get to know people and asking them where they're from, 
what's their journey about, you know, I don't know, just hearing other people's story. And then sometimes I don't want to talk to anybody and I don't want to hear your story and I don't want to hear where you're from or where you're going or whatever. I kind of want to be like by myself and on my own and just kind of have a reprieve from like having to be around people and talk to people. Because I, I don't know. I feel that a lot. I go in and out of being... About me? <laughs> yeah. This is what I travel with. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You're about the same. We're so similar in this sense, I think. Whatever. Very I'm much so. nothing right. but sunshine and smiles. <laughs> Such crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I just... There are definite times, and especially there's like a different type of traveler that we've talked about that we both know of is here in Southeast Asia which is weird because they get very competitive explain so here's the thing you start talking to people and you're like oh yeah where are you from and they're like oh I'm from Australia and you're like oh that's so cool whereabouts and is this going to turn into a band because you've had your 30 seconds no I'm just saying (laughs) they're like oh I'm from you know Melbourne and you're like oh cool how's it going you know, where where have you been? And then they'll start telling you where they've been from. And then they start telling you everywhere they're going and where they've been in the sense that they think that you don't, uh, you haven't been there and you don't know anything about it. And they know everything about it. And they know all. Like, and so, I don't know. We've met several people like this, um, and a lot of them in Asia, funnily enough. Yeah, you don't here that it's not as common in europe or other so. countries well, uh, i mean there are some but not yeah as many it's just not for some prevalent reason. yeah and so it's just a little bit more common that you find the people who uh really want to tell you all there is to know about the places that they've been without even asking if you've been there so you kind of are like put in this awkward situation of like oh yeah i i knew all this but like how do you how do you approach that you know Without being... Without being like, shut the fuck up. I've already been there. I already know this. You're wasting your breath. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Sometimes they're even wrong about things. Yeah, and they're very adamant about like, no, this is the way it is. And I'm like... No, it's different with other people. Some people experience. are way overly confident. Yeah. And it's just that know-it-all tone. A little bit, yeah. Like the other night we were out for pho and there was like two gals that were at the table next to us. Um, and one gal was yeah. one of the most know-it-all sort of tone <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah. I think they were talking about Europe or something. Oh, yeah. And I remember her being like, oh, yeah, I've been all over Europe. And, oh, yeah, you should go here because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But she had mentioned, like, oh, yeah, Italy. I'd love to go to Italy. That just seems like a great place. Mm-hmm. And then listed off, like, two, uh, I think Germany, too. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, Germany would be really great to go to also. I'd love to go there. Mm-hmm. And then there was another big one too. I, I can't remember which country, but then I was like, "What the fuck is she talking Where about?" I thought been? she'd been all over Europe. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't yeah. know. Well, and I guess it didn't help that we sat down and we um, had ordered. Well, no, we hadn't ordered, but she was like, "Yeah, you just order it, and they'll bring it out." And we're like, "Yeah, we." we've eaten pho before and then I think she even was like oh yeah this is all the stuff that you put on it and we're like yeah I, we we know you know yeah it's I know just, how we, to order a bowl of pho I know Jesus. it's weird so I don't know it's just it, like it's this. weird when people are seemingly 
they're trying to help you out yeah. if you look lost or something. Yeah. Versus they just want to tell you to be this weird ego trip person yeah. that's... It's bizarre. Just yes. thinks they know more or everything. So we did get off on a little bit of a tangent, but the thing was is that for me, I feel like just being in hostels uh, a lot because it's the cheapest, you know, route to go here in Hanoi. It's been pushing me out of my comfort zone being around people. It just <laughs> you get sick of it after a it's while. It's true. I know you can't help it. Just totally it. did turn into an event. I totally did. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mean for it too. But this is, that's real, though. That's me being Honestly, out of my comfort that's, that's zone. Honestly, that's been pushing my limits. It's been one of my big issues as of mm-hmm. since the last uh, podcast. Yeah. Because we did have a couple of private rooms for a little bit. Yeah, it was nice. So we were away from the crowd. We had our own privacy. You know, we weren't mm-hmm. in a dorm room with a bunch of other people. Yeah. And then getting back into that. Yeah. Where it just gets really, really old. Yeah. And... Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna uh, move on. We're gonna I, move I, on. I, yeah. But that's all Let's, right. Let's uh, put a period on that and get to the next. So um, this week I learned, or today, today I, I learned. learned. What did you learn today or this week? I don't know. Maybe that I'm ready to go. <laughs> I think also with this food truck idea, really has me excited to go back. Yeah. I think before it was I was really tired, exhausted on many levels to where I wanted something else but I didn't know what Mm -hmm. did I want to go back did I just need a break do I just need my own space Mm -hmm. you know what the fuck I I think there was a lot of I don't know what I want right now I I just needed something different yeah so I think this uh this idea with the food truck was maybe what I learned is what I want or what I need Mm -hmm. and what I want to do maybe it's just you know the light bulb of I I of an idea that I'm excited about. For sure. Is what I learned. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I would say for sure that, um, for me, I think that I have learned that stability, I think, is something that everybody needs. And what sort of stability? Just as far as like routines, things that you can do for yourself and your body and your mind and your soul it's just like I think that everybody needs a little bit of stability in their life and to be constantly just kind of what feels like put through a I don't know a whirlwind of you can't depend on one thing which is kind of travel lifestyle uh I guess not necessarily. It's just, I guess for me, personally, I can't have too much, or I can't have too much routine while I'm traveling. It's about balance. It is about balance. It's a little bit of both, but... I have such a hard time keeping a routine and balance and taking care of myself, I think, while I am traveling. So for me, I really do miss uh, the stability of... Having somewhere where I can get a decent night's sleep and somewhere that I can, uh, you know, get up at a certain hour and maybe do some exercise throughout the day or have a decent solid meal at at the right time. And I don't know, it's just, I've learned that I can't, I don't feel like I can take care of myself as well while I'm traveling. And that's just me, you know. I think that I need I need a stability the stability of staying somewhere stationary to 
really focus on taking care of myself. I think a lot of it to has do to so. do with those certain comforts, too. I think it does, you yeah. Know, mm-hmm. Where it's exhausting. It's weird, those things that are exhausting that you don't, you wouldn't normally associate or expect that would exhaust you yeah. with, like, living out of a bag or, mm-hmm. like, you would take a shower, but yeah. then you would get out and you just wouldn't feel clean, though. Well, because yeah. the shower sucked, the towels sucked, the room was dingy, mm-hmm. and you just felt unmotivated to do anything. It's like, you I don't know, maybe for me, and then getting into stinky, sweaty clothes. Yeah, I don't know. I remember getting back here and then taking a decent shower. Yeah, that was a And good, how much better shower. I felt. Yeah. And it was crazy, the level of uh, just my mood was after yeah. even just like a nice shower. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you also slept in a bed that was a bowl and your back was fucked. And it fucked up my, my back for fucked. like almost a week. So that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, it, it literally, you're like trading it one comfort walk. for another. Yeah. You know. So and it's, then, yeah, then that sucked. And yeah. it took me a while to get over my sore back while also yeah. sleeping in this uh, Papazon bed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. God, is this entire episode going to turn into a vent fest? Yeah. Well, we're learning that know. we don't like Hanoi, apparently. That's what, uh, that's what we're learning <laughs> That's today. not true. It's just hard. <laughs> it this is hard. Is where, it's exhausting. This is exactly this is where, we're at. where you this get is... to after five months, yeah. I think, of traveling straight. It's hard, man. Like, it's not the lifestyle that people make it out to be. And it's funny. I remember on the last trip after 18 months Jesus. being like... I, I don't... At, once we were done and back... Yeah. And thinking, I am never... I can't do that again. No. I don't have it in me. No. And that's just... It's so physically and mentally exhausting. I could never do that again. Why did we And then we our, were back. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, once we were working again and I wanted to get out and travel again and getting really excited. And I was like, I wonder how long we could go bef- again. And I was even thinking, oh, we should, like, <laughs> like at least a year or something... And it's like you forget. You do. And then we got thrown back out into the whirlwind of budget travel. Mm-hmm. And after... I was good for maybe like four months or so. This time around? Yeah, this time around. Yeah. And then it was, yeah, about the four-month mark. Yeah. Maybe four and a half. Same. And then I just hit a wall and was just like, fuck. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine <laughs> if, you know, we were to do the same allotment of time to where we Oof. had another year from... Or, no, it'd be even more. It'd be like 13 months more of this. And I that just no. makes me want to shoot myself. No, yeah. Not really, but there's no way. No, it's, it's like, hard. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go in like a month, yeah. two tops. Yeah, for so. sure. Very clear reminder of the level of exhaustion. It's some of those lessons, you know, that you have to learn more than once. I think this has been one of those. Yeah. Where it's like, for us, physically, uh, mentally, spiritually, I can't handle more than maybe three or four months of traveling at one time. When it is this this kind of traveling. Yeah. Yeah, if you could do that a year or every other year even. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I think for us, we were still toying with the idea of let's do some house sitting, let's do some volunteer work, let's do that and stay stationary for, you know, a month or two at a time. And then it would give us a sense of, uh, you know, those people are totally making out on that ant bench. (laughs) Oh, their face. Her shirt is up. Huh? Oh, 
They're getting busy. Um, They're going to be covered in ants and they don't even know it. That's where we just came from. Yeah. Anywho. What was I saying? I got totally distracted. I totally I got no distracted idea. from makeout sesh ant. Bill. Probably more whininess about traveling. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm guilty no, of it. No, I'm too. dead serious, though. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's just our. What is crawling on me? <laughs> I don't um, know. Our revelation of where we're at yeah. physically and mentally with. Uh, oh, yeah, we were. This is. I, I returned there. Uh, we were talking about staying stationary for a bit, and then that would be an, a way for us to stay out here longer and, you know, kind of travel further uh, and extend the trip because it wouldn't be costing us as much. So, um, which I think still was kind of like what we had thought maybe up until we had this idea. Like, I really did not plan on coming home anytime soon yeah we had this like less until, than a week ago yeah until idea. we had this idea to do the food truck and i was like holy shit let's get home let's start this yeah, thing like that's uh there's our opportunity right there yeah to go back with some cash still and kind of hop on board with this yeah you know we obviously slept on it still mm-hmm. liked it loved it yeah uh still brainstorming and yeah. you know writing down ideas and mm-hmm are all for it. Yeah, so, so I think that um, kind of like what we were saying before, too, it's not going to mean the end to our travels. It just means that we're starting something that we uh, feel might cushion our future as far as giving us a little bit uh, more comfort. It's pretty exciting. What would you say are some tips or tricks that you've learned within the past week or two? Some new tips and tricks? Yeah. Do you have any off the top of your head? I'd have to think about that. Um, yeah. There was one, so <laughs> yesterday. Yes. Yes. What do you mean? Why uh, Was I, did I lisp? It, it, yeah. It's been my, with my tooth. I swear to uh, God, I'm like developing a lisp. Because I can't, I can't push on that tooth. It's sort of cute. <laughs> Shut up. Just a see lisp is, is somewhat endearing. It's, okay, stop it. Okay. So I was sitting at a bench yesterday, um, soaking up some sun at the lake just near the old town or old quarter of Hanoi. I put my headphones in. I was just chilling there, and I kind of had my eyes closed for a bit. And then I had, like, opened my eyes just to kind of check out what was around. Because I had my backpack, you know, with me kind of on my right arm. I always, like, lock my arm in one of the straps just in case someone wants to you know come up and jack it and run off real quick Mm -hmm. I would have at least my arm in there but as soon as I open my eyes two guys come over and they go hello and I'm like well I have headphones in like you're gonna make me take them out okay whatever and you know I'm obviously wanting to be by myself be alone be quiet and uh you know i I listen to what they're saying, and they're like, oh, do you need a map of Hanoi? And, like, don't get me wrong, I don't have anything against uh, people coming up and, you know, wanting to talk to others. And, like, they're being nice, too. They're wanting to give me, you know, tips or advice of being in Hanoi. But for me, like, I just want to be alone. So a way to do that I have found that's not just being, like, fuck off, get away from me, and just to still be nice, but to get them to not 
you know, bug you for a bit is to just say, oh, no, thank you, I'm leaving tomorrow. So if you just tell them, like, you're leaving really soon, it's like they don't really feel the need to, like, pressure you into maybe buying a tour package or going to see this or that. And so it's just, for me, that's a little trick that I've learned to just be like, oh, no, thank you, if you don't want to be bothered and you're not being rude or they're not pestering you, you know. After you tell them, like, oh, I'm leaving soon, they'll be like, oh, okay. And then you see them four days later and you're like, ah, <laughs> I shit. I don't give a fuck. I don't think they'd remember me, but... <laughs> they probably wouldn't. No, because of how many people, you know, they probably talk to a day. But still, it's a, it's a way to, you know, get somebody to not bug you as much. You're getting eaten up over there, aren't Am you? Am I? I don't know. You just feel like, or I feel like you're touching yourself a lot. That sounded worse than it was probably made to be. Carl's <laughs> over here touching he himself. He just can't stop touching himself. Yeah, trying to do this podcast. In the park, watching these people over here necking with ants on. This is actually an ant on my cord. Is it? No, oh, it is. You have a tip or trick that you remembered while um, I was talking? I think the one thing I could contribute, at least that's coming to my mind, mm. is how to buy stuff, maybe. Oh, yeah. If you're looking to shop. Mm-hmm. In Hanoi, because Hanoi is all about shopping. So much shopping. Whether you want to buy food or coffee, like coffee, like for now or for later, like coffee to go. Oh, yeah. You know, like bags of coffee. Mm-hmm. Or clothes or backpacks or whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is you can just go around and get a general idea, because so many things are not priced, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll just throw you a price, which is going to be inflated to some percent or, mm-hmm. you know, degree, probably a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, totally. if you just kind of, like, test the waters and get a general, like, average ratio of what something... Well, one of the things you do is you have, like, a little cheat sheet. Because it's hard getting used to, like, their currency is in, like, tens of thousands and millions you know, so yeah, like twenty three thousand dong is one U.S. dollar. You have a little cheat sheet that you make. Yeah, I kind of memorize it mm-hmm. or try to, um, but really, uh, I'll, I'll look at an item and after I've kind of tested the waters and asked mm-hmm. how much you know this is because everywhere has the same thing. Yeah. There's so many shops that have a North Face jacket or a Herschel backpack or whatever. You could even go back to the same place a number of times and see what they say. But if you are really looking for something, if you have a max amount that you want to spend on this item, and then you just kind of lowball it. But what I usually do is I'll have some money in a number of pockets to where I'll have my max amount. This is hard to explain. I know. I was just going to say you're kind of, this is a lot of detail. So you have... So you have a different amount of money in different places on your person. Right. So you have, in one pocket, say you have the most amount of money you're willing to spend. Okay, so, all right, so it's like this. If I if I see something and the most I want to spend is 150,000 dong, yeah. I might have, like, 100,000 in my hand. Mm-hmm. That will be my initial bid or whatever, yeah, or yeah, offer. Yeah. And then I'll have twenty thousand in my left pocket, and then a fifty thousand in my right pocket. Oh, 
Okay. And then I know which pocket has what. Okay. And that 150 is, you know, I don't want to spend more than that. Then 150. Okay. So I'll offer the 150 or the the 100. And then if, you know, whoever's not going for it, it says 200, you know, I'll do 120. Mm -hmm. I might even have like two 20s in my pocket. So I could say 140 or 150. But a big thing too is if you have a certain amount. If you show them the money or, mm-hmm. like, go to hand them the money, I think it gives them more uh, incentive to want to let it go when the money's so close and yeah. visible. Yeah. Um, and also, really, a lot of it is they can read if you really want this item or not. Mm-hmm. If you kind of act like you don't give a shit, then yeah. I feel like they really want to let it go mm-hmm. if they can. Yeah. But if you really want this item, then they can read that and they're going to get every, you know, more out of you than uh, you might want to let go. Yeah, I've had a lot of times, too, where it's like I'll say no, no, and like I'll start walking away. And they like really, then at really that point, the they price. really drop the price and they really want to give or it to you. Or they'll ask you, you know, like, well, how much do you want to spend mm-hmm. on it? Yeah. And then you can really lowball them. And sometimes mm-hmm. they'll let it go if yeah, they, they can will. still get, yeah, for sure. you know, a good amount for what they consider mm-hmm. then and the prices you can really are, score a deal the prices are always fluctuating like changing throughout the day too so yeah. you could just go there late at night and so night theories. sale there's so many different it's things. like when yeah. they first open i've heard that people are willing to let it go for really cheap mm-hmm. because uh it's it's like a good you know karma for them for the rest of the day oh, okay. if they let something go for really cheap then it's yeah. Or for, like, the last item of the day. It could be, Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're practically closed, but if they can make a little last bit of money, then they'll let it go for cheap, too. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. There's uh, there's a lot of theories, a lot of tricks. Yeah. I guess, really, to see what works for you. All right. Um, What are some weird encounters you've had with people? Nothing. No, I guess there was kind of a weird one. It was yesterday. We kind of got in a little tiff and split up for a couple hours, a few hours, mm-hmm. and um, kind of parted ways at the main lake. And so I just kind of walked around it by myself. And these two, I don't know if they're local, but they had, like, no English skills at all, like, to the word. It, it was all hand gestures uh, to the point where I didn't know what they wanted at first. Mm-hmm. And I got... To the point that they wanted a photo, and I thought at first they wanted me to take a photo of both of them, which is not uncommon. No. I went to grab her phone, but she didn't want to give it to me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I was like, well, what do you, I, I don't understand what you want. Yeah. And is it, oh, you want me to use her phone to take a photo of you, or mm-hmm. I, I didn't get it. And then I thought that they wanted to take a photo with me, mm-hmm. which is it's not like it's never happened, but it's it's kind of weird. It's weird. You know, I, I don't I don't know if they think I look like someone. Maybe. So basically, the one took a selfie with me, or yeah, like one or two selfies with me, and then the other one wanted to do the same. And so yeah, she took a couple photos, and then they're both looking at the photos, and then the one wanted to take a couple more, and she put her arm around me, and I'm always a little leery of that anyway. I'm very conscious of, like, my wallet and stuff Mm -hmm. at these points. Yeah. Which is a good tip, too, because I've heard this is pretty common for drunk people in, like, Barcelona. You know, girls get really flirty and touchy, and next thing you know, your wallet's gone. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. I almost just, like, hover my hand around, Mm -hmm. you know, my wallet. 
And I mean, everything was fine, and they just wanted the photos and gave them high fives and parted ways. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You know what's weird too? It's I just thought about now is their hands were so goddamn calloused. What? Yeah. <laughs> They're like these young, pretty Asian girls mm-hmm. and I high fived them and I was like, Jesus Christ. What Hard you, workers. What do you man. do? I don't know. So yeah, their hands were the rough. I was curious, but yeah, obviously I couldn't ask them. Get you know to the conversation level beyond uh, you grab their hands. You're like, why is it so rough? They're like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That was a, I guess, a weird encounter. Yeah. Yesterday. What about you? Um, I guess your your encounter kind of reminded me of one that I had the other day that we were eating at that uh, that place that had the two Irish gals that were sitting on the inside of the table. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I got like chicken and rice, and you got like a pho. Bowl. The spiciest goddamn fun. Oh yeah, you were that was sweating my fault, your though. ass off. I was yeah, I was sweating it up. There was a small kid that kind of appeared to the left hand side of me, and he was just very you know confident. And oh, I mean, yeah. he was from England. I found out, so he spoke English, and he just asks me, you know, hi, where are you from? Um, but in an adorable English accent, and so I was, and he was a really cute kid and everything. But it's funny because it's like I think when you have traveled for a while, like what Carl was saying, you're very aware of like, is this person trying to rip me off? Are they trying to get my, you know, wallet? Or because he had parents that were behind him, you just never know, you know. So we've been in situations in, like, Cambodia where I felt like kids could have easily tried to pickpocket me. And that's that was, like, their job. Like, they were trained to do that stuff. Um, here in Vietnam, you also see kids going out and, like, selling stuff, you know, on the streets. Which is kind of very weird because that's not something that you see, like, back home. Kids of, like, ages five working. Yeah. So, um... So for me, I was like, well, this is really weird that my very initial thought when this kid comes up to me and approaches me and is being nice and, like, talkative and interacting with me, <laughs> I'm like, uh, is he, <laughs> you know, like, I reach for my, my po- like, uh, little fanny pack and, like, try to cover it and make sure that, like, my pockets are all empty and stuff. So it's just weird, you know. No, it's a you good, it's. I mean, it's, to, to be it's on good. guard, you know. Yeah, it's good, but it's also like that's a very weird reality to have. Whereas back in the states, that's not the case at all. I don't think. At least where we're from. Yeah. There are definite <laughs> oh, many sure. places in the U.S. where for you got to sure. watch everyone. Yeah, but I'm just saying, back home, yeah. that's not a thing. In the safe Truman Show of Boise, Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you say? is something that was an unrealistic expectation that was not met. Oh, honestly, it's been accommodation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just had our 15-year anniversary, which was New Year's Day. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> whoop, motherfucking but, um, whoop. We decided to kind of spoil ourselves with a nicer place for two nights. Spoil. Um, 
<laughs> we'll get there. As well as with the kind of letdown from the last place in Hoi An, which was one of our favorite places from our previous trip three years ago. So um, we found a place that was nice, private room again, you know, out of the dorms, away from the crowds. Yeah, in the photos, it looked great. It looked immaculate. It, it looked, looked really amazing. nice. We were and like, oh, yeah, we're really splurging now. What was it, like 27 a night for the room? It was like 28. I think it came to, with like the deposit and all that, it came to probably 30 a night. So still not too bad, but pretty up there for uh, well, it's like 15, Hanoi standards. Yeah, 15 a piece, where as in like the place that we're staying at now, it's like, what, 7? Yeah, it's like 7 bucks a a yeah, bed so each. It's double than what we're used to spending. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we get there, we check in. The gal's really nice at the reception. Friendly. Yeah, then they take us up to our room, and it is just a fucking cave. It's <laughs> it's a hole in the wall. There, uh, there was no... There wasn't even a window in the room. No. You couldn't see outside. The bathroom seemed like it was a closet at one point that they just transformed into a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And they put, like, a clear glass wall. To me, it was the dirtiness. Like, they're... I mean, if you're going to have white walls and, like, bright white walls... Maybe try them. to keep them that way, yeah. Yeah. Because these were, like... Like, right underneath the TV, you could tell, like, someone was sitting at the ed- edge of the bed. And they had their dirty-ass toes just, like, scuffing or up shoes the entire wall. And so yeah. it was just, like, yeah, a little fingerprints or footprints or whatever all over the walls and and also like uh the room that we thought we were getting was pretty spacious and this there was they called it the superior deluxe it was not deluxe it was not either of those two things no so it was very almost (laughs) it was hard to get into the bed it was there was so little room So, yeah, but the bed was nice, which was a nice change of pace after Mm -hmm. our uh, bowl beds in the hostel from the previous day. So at least my back improved. Yeah, true. True that. But, yeah, the room was uh, a letdown, so that was definitely an expectation that was not met. Yeah, but, you know, when you adapt. Um, I would say, so with some of the things that are similar here in... Hanoi to back home but still very different from what we're used to the one that I could think of was uh, they eat corn on the cob here which we eat back at home but instead of maybe throwing it on the barbecuer um, which or boiling it or, or boiling it yeah um, they eat it a different way and there are these women who have these little cooker sets or whatever they are. They're like little metal bowls pretty much that they basically just sit on the street um, or on the sidewalk, but just on the ground. Did you have something to say? No, keep going. No? Okay. I thought your butt interjected. Um, But yeah, they just sit it on the ground and then they like start burning up these hot coals and they start roasting... You know, they fan it with their little like fan, and, fan. Yeah, and they start roasting the corn just straight on the street. So, and then it's from... Like 10 inches off the ground. Not even off the ground. It's on the ground, like the... Oh, what was that? Ant. Okay. But yeah, it's literally like the, the little container that they have yeah, the fire Yeah, it's like a in. cast iron bucket. Yeah, it's on the ground. Yeah. The corn might be three if, or four if you inches guys, off If the you ground. guys saw 
the condition of the streets here, I think you get more of a sense of what Why our we're emphasis like, oh my God, is it's on, the ground. on the ground. Yeah. Because they're fucking filthy. It's gross. There's like, there's just shit smears and oh, yeah. trash and Smells disposable and food and people. Liquids, whatever uh, there is. I mean, you name it, it's it's on the ground. It's, I mean, this is, I, I am so not a litter person. Like, I will go out of my way to find a trash can. For anything. For anything. For like gum, a toothpick. Oh, totally. And so here, it's literally, there's trash all over the streets and I just throw my trash in a pile of trash. That's because I know it's going to be picked up. That's that's just their system. But though. that's the it, system. It's not like you're littering. Yeah. Oh well, everyone else is, so I no. should too. It's just no, that's, it's like that's, that's where how you the, get rid of shit because yeah. they have people that come with these big carts on wheels yeah, and they totally. pick up all that's, the shit on the side of the that's road. That's just and the clean way it, it goes. Up. Yeah. But um, but so yeah, it, they, it makes for dirty fucking streets all the yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So um, they kind uh, of uh, shit where they eat. <laughs> not a phrase. Don't shit where you eat. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. But they don't shit. No, no, they don't use the bathroom. Yeah. I've seen a kid do that, though. Where was that? Remember? I thought that we're, was I in I think we were Thailand. heading to the dentist for visit number three or four. I don't remember, but... Oh, yeah. That's uh, true. There was a kid that just, like, walked over to a tree and whipped out his wiener and peed. And, yeah. That's and then more just, cute, like, though. Yeah, it was totally... Like, the mom was even yeah. like, hey, and it was already too late, and the kid yeah. was done. Yeah. It was just funny. Mm-hmm. That's just something I've noticed. Anything for you? Same, same, but different? I mean, there's many differences, but as far as same, same... I think it's just the level of shopping, which I kind of touched on earlier. Yeah, don't start that again. And it's just everywhere, and for the most part, very small spaces. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's just shopping everywhere. Consumerism capital. Mm-hmm. So, I would say uh, my... Oh, wait would be... Oh, wait! Oh, wait! I remembered from last time I had said something about a certain individual who I didn't know if they existed or not, but it just, like, came came out of oh. thin air in my memory. Um, I put the two names of Jeff Corwin and Steve Irwin together, and I called them Jeff Irwin, and... That's not one person. Those are two different people. But I was right. But they are real people. But Jeff Corwin is a real dude. And I totally forgot it. But this is weird that it even just came out of nowhere. I could not have... Uh... Oh, motherfucker. Okay. Well, we're almost done. Um, getting a mosquito hour here, and I'm getting... Bit up. Bit. So... We're in a park, y'all. It's humid. <laughs> and the sun's going down. I bit in the side of the head. Um, but yeah, this Jeff Corwin dude is a real guy. And he's basically like the uh, U.S. version of Steve Irwin. So, uh, there you go. I was right. Woohoo! Ten points for Whitney. <laughs> no, it's just weird that it, like, I couldn't tell you the last time I thought of that dude. Or saw his show, or him doing anything with, like, animals. But, yeah, kind of weird, but cool. Our brains are fascinating things, my friends. Alrighty, well exciting news We're heading back home here pretty soon Probably within the next month or two What yeah. would you say, closer we're to two? in the process yeah, of we're trying uh, to planning that, out. that all out Yeah And seeing um, how to get back mm-hmm. But basically it's, uh, it's in From the near here to future. Bangkok And then probably be in Bangkok for a little bit Which mm-hmm. is totally fine Yeah I'm glad of Kind of glad to be going back And Getting another last fill of Thai food. Seriously. And then uh, to London for a bit, since that's the cheapest 
exit point yeah. to get into L.A. Mm-hmm. And then L.A. to the gem state. We're going to try not to walk another Camino before we head home, but we can't guarantee anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that's like, hmm, can we get another Camino in there before we head home? Oh, my God. It's 60 degrees and Holy sunny crap. in Spain right now. Should we do this? That sounds very perfect. Yeah, so. Nothing but sun and... We've been toying with the idea, and you know how we are with Caminos and walking and all that nature stuff. We're a wee bit addicted, so we'll see if that ends up happening or not. We have options and plans, so we'll see what we're still on that budget. What we land on, yeah. So big plans, though. Big plans. Big big exciting news. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. We're gonna get out of this park and try not to be eaten on our way. So see y'all later. Later, later. Hi. Little bitch coming right in my hand. In your hand. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to our podcast. If you feel inclined, leave us a comment or review. Tell someone you know who might enjoy to have a listen. And feel free to share on your choice of social media. If you want to know more about us or see any photos of our travels, you can check out our website at trailofbeans.com. We also have a Facebook page where you can follow us on our upcoming adventures and get updates along the way, which can be found by searching at symbol The Bean Trail. If you'd like to support our travels and help ensure the continuation of this podcast, you can do so by contributing through our Patreon page. Just visit patreon.com and search for Beanstalk Travel Podcast. Each donation is greatly appreciated and gives you an inside look at a day in the life backpacking abroad. We'll be back next week. Same beans. Same pod.